Welcome. Welcome to Healthy You. What is that? A podcast from Raytheon Technologies that can help employees live their best lives. It helps me get in the zone. It, it helped me to change my mindset. Oh, I love it. It's me ready for my day. Now, listen in and learn how you can be a healthy you. Hi, and welcome back to yet another episode of Healthy You. I'm your host, JT, and here with me is my co-host, DJ. Hello. And today's episode is all about Mequilibrium, a stress management app designed to help you feel more resilient and focused on what's important to you. Ah, okay. I'm listening. See? Let's dive in. What uh, So what is this Mequilibrium or MeQ, as the kids are calling it? Yeah, right. Well, MeQ is an app that targets your individual stress triggers and provide you with a very specific set of skills mm. to help you be your best. Yeah, kind of like Liam Neeson in that movie, Taken. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. <laughs> yes, kind of like that, but also not at all like that. The, the skills MeQ teaches you are proven methods to manage stress. And when you sign up for the app, it's important to know that your information is completely private and confidential. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. Exactly. Raytheon Technologies does not have access to the responses to your questionnaire. Yeah, and this app is legit. Mequilibrium was created from over 30 years of research in resilience training and integrative medicine, spearheaded by psychologist Andrew Chate, PhD, and Adam Perlman, MD. Yep, and today we are very excited to have one of those co-founders of MeQ, Dr. Andrew Chate, on the show with us. He's the chief knowledge officer which I have to say, sounds pretty impressive, DJ. Very impressive. And so is his resume. Mm. He earned his PhD in psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and is currently on the faculty of the College of Medicine at the University of Arizona. Yep. He even wrote a book, mm. dare I say, the book on resilience. It's called The Resilience Factor, Seven Keys to Finding Your Inner Strength and Overcoming Life's Hurdles. And, you know, he's trained hundreds of thousands of professionals over the past two decades to build their own resilience and coping skills. And today, he's on the phone to talk to us about how MeQ can help Raytheon Technology employees. So welcome to the show, Dr. Chate. DJ, JT, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here today. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, let's just dive right in. Um, COVID-19 has really put a spotlight on resilience and mental health. So let's start with the basics. What is resilience exactly? <laughs> this is a great question and one that has occupied the attention of the field for well over 30 years. You know, we all know a layperson or expert alike that resilience is absolutely critical in making our lives better. But for the longest time, we didn't really know what it was. It was a squishy kind of amorphous concept, difficult to get our arms around. So beginning in the early 90s, um, my team and I really started to try to understand what this concept was and to do the factor analysis that would enable us to distill out the essential ingredients of resilience. We've concluded that seven ingredients are absolutely critical to the resilience mix. And the first is your ability to stay calm under pressure. The second, your ability to be focused under pressure. Third, the third is to do good problem solving, and this means being able to identify all the causes of your problem, work out what you can impact and what you cannot, and then channeling those precious resources towards what you can control rather than what you cannot. We also know that self-efficacy 
is a really important part. And what I mean by that is we learn from our experiences in the past that we can apply to the present and into the future. And we develop that sense of mastery that we're going to be able to take care of almost anything that comes our way. And the fifth ingredient, realistic optimism. We know that pessimists don't do well, but over-optimists don't do well either. So that ability to find that bandwidth where we're optimistic to the extent that reality permits is an essential part of the resilience puzzle. Then there's empathy. And empathy matters because it connects us to other people, which um, enables us to have that social support that we need when times are tough. And then the final ingredient of the seven is what's come, become known as growth mindset. It's become very popular over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And this is our ability and willingness to take on opportunities and challenges that come our way. Now, the breakthrough of all of this was that now we had a competency model of resilience. It wasn't squishy anymore. We got it. We could measure it and we could boost it. Um, and that's the, that's the critical development. Resilience is something that can be measured and it can be improved. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, mental health is something that uh, on this podcast, the Healthy You podcast, we've talked about quite a bit, um, along with physical health and financial health. And, you know, we try to stress the importance that you know, having a healthy mind is just as important as having a healthy body and a healthy wallet and being socially healthy as well. But I, I would love to hear from you do you think it means when we talk about keeping your mind healthy? What does that look like? The fact is that it's very difficult to be calm and focused, so to be healthy in terms of mental health, emotional health, psychological health, if we're not doing well physically. And the reverse is true as well. And we've seen this in a number of different ways. Just as one example, um, our work has shown that if you are below the mean on quality of sleep, you only have a one in 15 chance of being above the mean on resilience. So for me, mental health, psychological health, emotional health is really around those essential pieces of the resilience mix. Our ability to stay calm under pressure, our ability to stay focused under pressure. And we know that there are really powerful habits that we develop in our thinking, what we call thinking styles, to get in the way of that mental health, that emotional health, and by the way, get in the way of our ability to practice really good physical health behaviors as well. Yeah. So I, you know, if you're on Instagram or any type of social media, you know, physical health, it's okay to talk about your physical health. It's okay to, uh, to get diet advice from someone or how much weight should I be lifting? Or is it a hit routine? Should I be doing? It's okay to talk about those things. It's getting better, but there's still a, I feel like there's still a stigma associated with a, a healthy mind. So, um, one, do you think that's true? And two, what can we do to, to counter that? I do believe it's true, but I believe that we absolutely have to counter it. No yes. doubt in my mind how important that is. But the fact is what's really clogging us right now are really big spikes in depression and anxiety. These are more inward-looking emotions. We don't see them as much. They're a little more mysterious to most people, but they're really impacting us in epidemic proportions. So we do need to start to try to shine the light on these issues of mental health and destigmatize them for everybody. Uh, very critical for us to do that, JT. Yeah. And, you know, if you know, if anything good has come out of the pandemic, I think we can say that 
it has shined that light on mental health. And I, I do believe it's being discussed more and more, especially in the workplace. Um, and I, I think one thing that's important, and you can you can talk to this, is you don't have to have pre-existing conditions to be susceptible to the effects of stress, right? That's exactly right. You know, for a lot of us, we're at least experiencing mild dysphoria, depression, anxiety, at least at times. And we can't be taxed the way we have over the last 18 months without falling into it to some degree. And so, no, you don't have to have a vulnerability. Um, you don't have to be the kind of person who experiences a clinical depression. By the way, one in five of us at some point in our lives will be clinically depressed, but you don't have to be part of that 20% to be really feeling the weight of the world um, and, and for it to begin to impact your emotional health and your psychological health. I mean, a lot of us are experiencing emotional downturns as well, just a normal part of the fabric of life. Talk to us a little bit about you know, for all of us who are feeling these feelings and facing these obstacles, how can resilience help and and how can improved resilience actually boost our performance and productivity in all areas of our lives? If you go back to those seven ingredients that make up resilience, you start to see that these kind of fit underneath everything that we do in our lives. So that ability to stay calm means that we're going to be less susceptible to burnout that ability to stay focused means that we can, when we're at work, we're at work, and when we're at home, we're at home. So it actually alleviates some of the work-life tension that we experience. If you think about the third ingredient, which is around problem solving, that has a direct impact on our productivity and performance. The fact is that a lot of us are trying to solve things that are outside of our control and missing causal factors that are actually inside of our control because of the kinds of thinking styles we've developed over time. So for example, I've developed a thinking style that leads me to look at the kinds of causes of my problem that I can't do anything about. Whereas other people have a tendency to assume that they have control and to keep throwing their resources at a problem that they really can't do anything about. So all of these factors of resilience play into productivity, performance, and everything else. And one of the interesting um, facts that we've uncovered at Equilibrium is that if you are in the top 25% on resilience, you're going to have less than half the risk of burnout for those who are on the bottom 25% on resilience. And that the way that that actually operates is through all the things that I just mentioned, that ability to stay calm, that ability to stay focused, to do good problem solving, all of those things are going to matter. Yeah, I, you know, I love that. And, you know, one thing, um, you know, we've talked about for resiliency is is um, gratitude and appreciation for others. I know that's a it's a it's a key to building resiliency. So do you have any tips on how we can do to support the resiliencies of those that we work with, uh, those that are our families, our friend groups? How can we as people kind of like, work on our own resiliency, yes, for sure, but how can we support others who maybe are on a journey where they're trying to build theirs too? So one of the ways that we can start to think about is to look at the thinking styles that we have and the thinking styles of those around us and how they might be clashing. One example is that there is a really powerful thinking trap called mind reading where you expect others to know what you're thinking without having actually disclosed it. 
Now, with all due respect to my wife, this is the biggest trap that she falls into. And she kind of expects me to know this <laughs> stuff when I don't. Yep. On the other hand, I tend to be an externalizer of blame. So um, if there's any kind of miscommunication, mm -hmm. I'm going to assume it's her fault. Now, that's a lethal mix, correct? So I want to be able to understand how my vulnerabilities play into her vulnerabilities. Now, we actually train people in how to to do this, to recognize it, and to get around it in teams and also with their families. So we can help each other with calm. We can help each other with focus, with problem solving, if we understand the basic building blocks of resilience. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think you touched on this earlier when talking about you and your wife and your different approaches to issues. But can you tell us a little bit more about thinking styles? And, you know, is that something that everyone is just inherently born with? Is that something you can work on, you know, changing your thinking style? And if you want to improve your resilience, is it important to understand your thinking styles to be able to do that? It's absolutely critical. It gets at the root cause. So once we understand the styles of thinking that we've developed um, and how they get in the way of our resilience and we learn a skill to get around those styles, then really the sky's the limit. And I think there are many. Um, but there are four that I think are absolutely critical. Each and every one of us builds, and we're not born with it, but we build an emotion radar, a way of scanning the world. As I mentioned, for me, it's violation of rights, so I get angry. For my wife, it's violating another's rights, so she feels a lot of guilt. A lot of people who are focused on future threat get anxious, while, while those who are focusing on the resources they need but don't have get frustrated. So these there are seven big ones. I just mentioned four, but there's also sadness, um, shame, and embarrassment. And they can really rock our resilience world by putting a very low ceiling on our ability to stay calm under pressure. We also know that there are seven big thinking traps. I mentioned externalizing and mind reading, but there are others that really get in the way of our ability to focus, see the world accurately, and problem solve. So we want to identify which of those seven um, someone is most vulnerable to, we do that in the app, and then we teach them the skill to get around it. And the great news is we spent the last 30 years developing really easy-to-use concrete skills to get around them that take only a minute or two a day. Yeah, so, you know, as we enter uh, another phase here, this new, new normal, or is it new, new, new normal? I'm not sure which normal we're, we're on now, uh, but... You know, we've had to do some some hard resets and some refreshes for our social skills that, you know, may have gotten a little weak during the changes of our social lives because of COVID-19. So as we continue to reemerge and reenter our social circles, do you have any tips on how we can work on our resiliency and have a more have more success? trying to build that social resiliency for us? I think we want to lead with empathy. It's, it always works when we're re-entering these situations and trying to reconnect to say to people, how have you been doing? You know, I know we've been checking in virtually, but really, how are things going with, for you? And that's an icebreaker that always works. And we need to realize, too, that it's going to be more than just the social resilience as we begin to come back together. It's going to be that capacity to stay calm. Um, all of those um, thinking traps that can get in the way are going to show themselves again. We're going to see a lot of should beliefs about how we should be in the in the in the world. 
And I just would like people to be a little bit self-loving, a little bit self-compassionate, to cut out selves and others a little a little slack. Because these are big adjustments. As you said, it's the new, 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 new normal. And so I think really taking care of ourselves physically to go back to that idea of the mind-body link, to try to get that sleep, to try to make sure that we're exercising, eating well, these are the kinds of things that are going to stand us in good stead in terms of resilience for that long haul. So let's bring this all back to equilibrium. What suggestions do you have for Raytheon Technologies employees as they use this benefit? And what can they look forward to doing and seeing on the app that will help them build their resiliency? So the first thing I would want people to realize is that there is an enormous amount of science that's gone into this program. It's not soft. It's a hard-nosed, hard-skilled way to get more resilient, which we all know we need. Then I would say jump right in. The first thing that people will do is that they'll, they'll take our assessment. It takes around about 10 minutes to do it, and then they'll get their full profile across the seven factors that we talked about and other factors that we think are really important in either boosting or putting a ceiling on our resilience. And most people report of how, how helpful that is just to be able to look at these strengths and vulnerabilities and compare themselves to others. And then I would say start, um, jump right in, but start small. Do a couple of little one or two minute activities that are designed to get a pretty quick boost to your resilience with, without being overly burdensome. The last thing we want to do at Equilibrium is to burden you down more when your days are really busy. So we want quick solutions, quick ways that you can benefit so look for those, look for how it will direct you, but look for ways that are going to be able to give you the biggest bang for the buck from the beginning and have fun with it. The whole idea of this is to have fun. It shouldn't be a chore. It should be a, a really entertaining way for you to understand resilience and boost your resilience and, and not just for yourself, but also for others. All right. Thank you, Dr. Chate, for joining the show. Thank you for uh, your insights. First of all, thank you for the inspiration. I think you've inspired both DJ and I. Um, and thank you for bringing the average IQ of the podcast up 100 points. That's also a huge thing. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. And I think it's just the accent that brings up the IQ points more than anything else. <laughs> That's true. I'm, just, I'm really delighted because I, I think you're a fantastic company with a fantastic history. If you take a look at all of the organizations that have led to the current organization that you have, we're going back 100 years of serving this country and making us safer. So it's a real honor that we're able to provide this app for, uh, for you folks. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Chate. I am really excited about MeQ. If you are as well, you're in luck. MeQ is available now. Just log in to your gateway and click on the MeQ icon to get started. It's available to all U.S.-based Raytheon Technologies employees. And if you want to learn more about how to support your healthy mind, body, and wallet, check out all the resources on the same website where you found these podcasts, rtxhealthyu.com. And until next time, here's to a healthy you. And that's it from the podcast made especially for the minds, bodies, and wallets of RTX employees across the country. That's a great idea. This, this is Healthy You.